back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock classic, North by Northwest, the classic North by Northwest, as opposed to new North by Northwest. <laughs> That's something from yesterday's episode. Uh, so we examine this movie one minute of screen time per episode. Uh, I am one of your hosts. I am Brett Stillo from Five Minutes of Trouble and Five Minutes of Bonsai. And with me is my co-host and friend, Mr. Josh Horowitz. Hi, Brett. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's Friday. We've been hanging out here in the in the lounge at Grand Central Terminal, just yeah. kicking back. Uh, you know, thanks once again to you, Cy Coleman. Yeah, go ahead. Take a break, Cy. Take five. <laughs> uh, Cy Coleman, everybody. Uh, great stuff there. Um, and yeah, we're just, we are at the end of this week, minute 45, which starts with Roger Thornhill in those sunglasses, sneaking around uh, Grand Central, trying to get aboard the 20th century. And it ends with a beautiful blonde woman deceiving the police by proclaiming, he went that away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to introduce a very important character in this minute. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'll just say that um, it you know again it's it's subtle, uh, but you know this minute is uh, an intricate little chase. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a high energy bang bang chase with explosions or anything like that, but. Uh, we definitely get that sense that Roger is on the, th- the run. The police are yeah. after him, and he's having trouble getting aboard that train. And so we have, we have some genuine tension here. Yeah, I mean, this, this feels like a chase that could happen to anyone, really, in real life. And the obstacles that you might encounter in real life, uh, if you were trying to get past a ticket taker, for instance. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I think that's one key thing about Hitchcock is he uh, incredible things would happen in his movies uh crazy chases um strange coincidence but you he he would always have both feet firmly planted on the ground in a sense of reality i think it's that roger thornhill's having this amazing adventure but there are these moments where it's almost like you can almost hear hitchcock saying you know this could happen to you You're watching this happen to Roger Thornhill, but it could easily happen to you or I under different circumstances. Dun, dun, dun. Terrible Hitchcock. I'm going to get letters. <laughs> I tried. Uh, but yeah, you just, I think it's also a, a tribute to the team that Hitchcock assembled for this and his other movies in the 50s. You know, we've mentioned Robert Burks his director of photography, but there's nice crisp cutting by his editor, uh, George Tomasini. You know, he had a whole crew of hmm. people working around him movie after movie. You know, we haven't really had any music cues or stingers or anything like that uh, in this movie, but Bernard Herman is, I, th- I called him Bernard Human. Uh, he was, but Bernard Herman. Herman. Thank you. Yes. Uh, what would these Hitchcock movies be without his scores? Yeah. You know, he, he used the same people, and, you know, I think they developed a good working relationship, and this is the result. 
you know again it's just it's it's a subtle but well-crafted um scene of a desperate man trying to get aboard that train yeah and watching this though makes you realize that this is definitely from a different time because it seems like in 1959 ticket takers were not that much uh, as a barrier to entry apparently all you have to say is you just want to see some friends and that could be your way in kind of reminds me a little bit about when we talked about the airport scene in big trouble little china in that people could just happen to have weapons basically in the waiting room right you would never find that uh, today i mean maybe it's a thing about trains and you know there's less security on trains than there used to be Uh, or i'm sorry there's there's more security now than there is funny you should mention that sorry i hope i didn't interrupt but yeah is you know um as i think i mentioned i was just on a train an amtrak train is that Mm -hmm. a plug i don't know uh but i was on a train for about 15 hours uh about a week ago so i i had uh, a slightly similar experience to what roger is about to go on yeah and it was really my first you know major train trip and and yeah i was expecting uh a metal detector or a little more security when I got on that train. But the amazing thing is, it's pretty much the same. I got on the train, they said, sit down. And then I just waited until uh, a conductor came by uh, with one of those hats. They still wear the hats. That was pretty cool. <laughs> um, you know, ticket, please. And yeah, he, he had a, a an iPhone that scanned my ticket. That's the only modern concession. I really wanted him to take one of those like hole puncher things and, and punch oh, my yeah, ticket. Oh yeah, it's a shame they didn't have the actual punch. No, I didn't get I didn't get punched. Mm. Later on that trip, there were some people I wanted to punch, but that's oh. another story uh, <laughs> that we'll save for another time. But yeah, I was surprised that um, you know the relative ease that Roger gets on that train. You know he he has obstacles and challenges here, uh, but. Yeah, he just walks on the train, and, and heck, a week ago, I could have walked on that train. And I mean, that old ticket taker is trying to give him kind of like a half-hearted attempt to stop him. Yeah. But he, he just walks right on the train. You know, nobody at the train itself that you have to give a ticket to, you just, just pop right on. Yeah, and again, that was that was my experience. And now I regret buying the ticket. <laughs> I would have just tried to hide... Went the in the bathroom the whole for, time. Yeah, they're tied in the bathroom, and you know, I don't know how well that would have gone. Oh, you know, I might have ended up staring it in San Luis Obispo over the holidays. So, uh, do not try it at home, folks. Yeah. Just be be a good citizen. Buy your ticket. Support rail travel in this country. But uh, yeah, again, it's it. Regardless, it is a bit of a shocker because he huh. just basically walks on that train. And, and what is this train that he walks on, Brad? Well, it's is one of the most famous trains in, in America. Uh, mm-hmm. what, it was the 20th Century Limited. 20th Century Limited, and actually advertised as the most famous train in the world. I have a couple of notes here. I think you probably do, too. Uh, I'll just say a little bit. You might have more to say. Uh, this, this was the, the train that operated from 1902 to 1967 between Grand Central Terminal in New York and LaSalle Street Station in Chicago. 
And I, I was trying to figure out how much a, a ticket cost, even in like 1959. The, the only information I found was from the 1920s. And back then, a ticket cost about $50 for a bed with curtain privacy. And if you wanted a private compartment, that cost more. And what were we figuring? It was like, what, 10 times as much in, in terms of inflation? And maybe more so from the 20s. Let's say 15 to 20%. $600, $700 perhaps today? Yeah, you mentioned it's that was a that was a deluxe ticket. Yeah, that that was for just one where you got a bed and a curtain. If you wanted a private compartment, like what we're going to see later, that was more, but it didn't say how much more. And I would imagine there might be something under that where it's uh, you can just you get a chair. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean that that was a fairly long train ride. Wouldn't it be like about twelve hours or something to get from New York to Chicago? This is where I didn't do my homework. What was the average speed of the 20th Century Limited? Hmm. But, um, it, I, you know, it's funny. I'm just going with, you know, other movies where, you know, it, it seems like there's always the, you know, the sleeper car scene. And, you know, it does seem like it's it's an overnight trip. Uh, hmm. So, you know, I don't know, the, you know, the distance and everything, but... Does seem like yeah, at least twelve hours, and I guess it also depends on on what time you leave. Mm. But uh, it it does seem to be a, a real spiffy train. You know, one thing yeah. I wish we could see uh, is what the engine looked like. Mm. And you know, I did look at yeah. uh, a few examples of the twentieth century limited through the years, and you know, you see these, you know, totally streamlined Art Deco uh, go karts yeah. that are pulling all the cars. Uh, I imagine in the 50s, they, you know, they had more of that, you know, blunt bullet look that you see from uh, engines of that era. So we'll, we'll, we will post a picture yeah. of what the 20th century looked like in the late 50s. I did read that they did make the transition from steam to diesel sometime in the 50s. So it, it would have been a redesigned engine, certainly. Uh, but that would have meant more speed. Exactly. Exactly. Now, one thing I wonder is in the sequence, when are we back in a soundstage in Culver City? Hmm. In the beginning, we're definitely still at Grand Central. Uh, I'm, I'm imagining that as he's walking along the train, uh, that's still Grand Central. Uh, hmm. Though it, 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 could be a, it could be a set. You could definitely see where there'd be a train set like at MGM back then. Yeah, uh, just the hallway. Yeah, he gets inside. I, I'm going to say I'll bet you that's that's a set. I, I still think that, that this was possibly filmed uh, you know, on the actual train I mean, because later we're going to see some of the shots of the outside and, and it, it feels more real than the uh, the shot that we saw before at Central Intelligence. I, I don't know if that's actually projected or, or they were actually traveling. You know, you have a good point there. You have a good point. I think I'm I'm going to actually change my mind and go with what you're saying, because while the interior of that car is Cary Grant's kind of looking around and snooping around, it's very well lit, which kind of initially said to me, uh, soundstage, I'm thinking about just how narrow it is. And that shot, I feel like they're exploiting that narrowness. Huh. And yeah, I kind of wonder if that's part of in that scene is just, you know, those close confines of a passenger car and, you know, maybe conveying that, you know, Roger Thornhill is on board the train, but he's still kind of trapped. 
Um, uh. And you wonder, you know, if it was a if it was a soundstage, it was a movie set, maybe they'd compromise and make uh, make it a little wider. Because hmm. that's a real sardine can, man. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. And that's actually going to lead to our first sort of encounter in that sardine can. And that uh, is with a, a certain young woman. And who is this woman? A mysterious blonde. Let's talk a little about Eva Marie Saint. Yeah. Because she has had an amazing career. Yeah, and, and she's still around as of this recording. Yeah. Uh, she's in her 90s. 95, yeah. So here's to Eva Marie Saint. Um, so yeah, she's had a career that spanned about 70 years of acting on stage in movies and in television. She was born in 1924. She was primarily a New York theater actress. And then she had a big breakout five years prior to this in, uh, on the waterfront with our, with Marlon Brando. With Marlon Brando. Brando. Oh, good Brando. Good Brando. (laughs) I, I didn't know you had it in you. Can you... Real quick, can you give me a little more Brando? Well, I, I listen to many episodes of The Godfather Minutes, so I, I hear uh, the Robinson Brothers do their impressions. Nice, so that's permanently etched in my brain. I uh, yeah, that that was that was a good that was a good Don Carleone. In fact, I hear that you know it's that <laughs> wheezing. I'm not even going to try. Uh, <laughs> I do a terrible Brando. Uh, he he sort of ends up sounding more like Elmer Fudd. So. In the memory of Brando, I'm not even going to go there. But that was a, that was a good Brando. Uh, so yeah, even Marie Saint had this. Uh, she she up to this point, she'd only done maybe four or five pictures. Hmm. She was had this reputation as a, as a dramatic actress. She did right. serious pictures. So it was a bit of a surprise that uh, Hitchcock picked her to play uh, the heroine. You know, and, and the classic, you know, the Hitchcock blonde. Uh, <laughs> I I read that, yes, Grace Kelly was uh, asked, but she was she was in Monaco at that time. <laughs> she was like, nope, sorry. And uh, Kim Novak, who the year before had made Vertigo with Hitchcock. Vertigo, uh, she, right. Uh, she was considered. But Hitchcock had a, had a hunch about... Uh, even Marie Saint, and so he cast her. Um, and you know, it's, I think it's interesting. I mean, she's quite striking here, uh, but she, yeah, she just wasn't known for you know glamorous or sophisticated roles. So she, you know, here she, it's interesting. She's been given a bit of a makeover. Definitely a, a very attractive woman, <laughs> but you know, she's uh, you know stylish clothes, travel clothes, and. Um, and short hair, and that's actually uh, an interesting bit because apparently she had like waist length, uh, you know, long long hair that she cut for this role. Yeah, yeah, I read about that, and um, you know, in the Technicolor here, the hair looks lustrous. It, it just looks like spun silk. So it's <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. I think she's in a way she's been transformed into uh, the Hitchcock blonde here. But I mean, she's she's playing it well she one and, one thing you love about this character is she's in complete control she's cooler uh, than roger yeah she definitely is and from what you were saying before about this movie possibly being a bit of a prototype for future james bond movies she is basically the prototypical bond girl yeah 
Yeah, we uh, still we don't know her name yet, so she's a woman of mystery. That's right. But um, mm. you know, there is a key moment here where yeah. uh, you know the cops are coming, um, and uh, she she just sees this guy and she she saves him. She rescues mm. Roger. It's important she rescues Roger here. That's right, she does. And but they have this fun little. Uh, sort of awkward moment in the in the corridor, and I'm sure all of this is, has happened to people at one time or another where you try to get past somebody, though this seems a bit intentional, probably on her part. I think she knows a lot more than we're, we're led to believe at this point. Exactly, exactly. It's, again, she's got the upper hand in this scene, and she's she's using it so um yeah you get the feeling that she's sort of accidentally on purpose blocking roger uh <laughs> it's it's a way to meet roger and yeah. uh you know grant here is uh delightfully befuddled <laughs> well <laughs> I, uh, da, ba, da, ba, 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 like that um and yeah she she uh when the cops arrive and roger's hiding yeah she she says those immortal lines he went that way yeah <laughs> I can't yeah. recall if I've ever had that pleasure of, you know, he, he went that way. They went that way. But she gets to but say Nobody's it. ever said to you, which way did he go, George? Which way did yeah, he go? Right, really, yeah. <laughs> uh, which way did he go, George Kaplan? One interesting thing I read, uh, it was an excerpt from an interview with Eva Marie Saint. And uh, she, uh, Hitchcock really liked working with her. She apparently had a good experience on this movie. One thing Hitchcock said to her is, my, my dear, you'll never have to make another sink movie again. Uh, in front of a sink. In front of a sink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, a, a sink movie? Says, yeah, you know, those, those, those dotty little dramas you've been making where it's, you know, you're crying in front of a sink, you know? Mm -hmm. this, is, this movie is fun. It's bright. It's, you know, you can make these movies now. And, and you know, her, her reply is, well, you know, I, I, I kind of like making those dramatic little movies with sinks, so don't <laughs> count me out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so we're going to see a lot more of Eva Marie Saint as this mystery woman. We still don't even know her name. Yeah, and probably won't for a couple more minutes, actually. A couple minutes. You know, that pretty much takes us to the end of Minute 45. Is there anything you want to add here? There's two more things I forgot to mention about the 20th Century Limited for, for those train buffs that are out there. Uh, I, I did look it up, and apparently, I don't know if this is still the case, but at least a few years ago, you could actually ride a recreation of the 20th Century Limited on an Amtrak line from Penn Station to Albany, and that was for about $150 a ticket, and it featured the Hickory Creek Observation Car with a sleeping car and a bar car. Oh, nice. Uh, you wouldn't be able to stay overnight, but you could get a flavor of what it would be like to, to ride a bit of history. Yeah, I think I, I too read that Amtrak uh, briefly tried to revive the 20th Century Limited, uh, but unfortunately it did not stick. I don't think it lasted uh, very long. Um, yeah, I think that the train buffs are just not as prevalent <laughs> as they used to be. No, I think it's, you know, unfortunately, I think there are other lines you can take, too. Uh, so, yeah, we missed the, the 20th Century Limited, but, um, you know, there's some other scenic, more possibly more scenic routes. I wonder if they would ever create a 21st Century Limited, Ooh. like the new classic modern. Well, 
that would be a, a, a neon train that runs on laser beams. It would be sort of, <laughs> I'm picturing like a, a Tron train. <laughs> Try to say that three times fast. Don't worry Tron, about it. Tron train. Yes. Yeah, Tron train. A train, a train 21st tra- century limited. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, I could, I could picture a, a futuristic, uh, you know, a light, light rail. Uh, now, now I'm getting into bad puns. So maglev or something like yeah, that. Yeah, total maglev job. Yeah, mm-hmm. zoom. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the irony is they do have 21st century trains in Europe and Japan. That pretty much wraps up this week's minutes then. Yeah, yeah. The, an excellent week with you. Yeah, this was fun. You want to do more next week? Yeah, let's let's see if we can give it a try. Yeah, well, I, I think Sai's here next week, so we're set to go. But uh, nice. in the meantime, uh, you can you can find the Hitchcock Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play, or at our main site, thehitchcockminute.com. You can also check us out on uh, Facebook on the Man on Washington's Nose. Don't actually look for a Man on Washington's Nose. Or up it. It's a page called The Man on Washington's Nose. It's it's for fans and fellow podcasters to hang out and probably talk about trains. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Hitchcock Minute. Um, also want to mention that uh, Movies by Minute, we're a, we're a huge family out there. Uh, check out MoviesByMinute.com where there are Minutes, other... actually. I think it's MoviesByMinutes.com. Oops. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> moviesbyminutes.com <laughs> where you'll find uh, over a hundred other movie by minute podcasts uh, everything from The Godfather which you mentioned to Jaws to the Indiana Jones movies uh, and Big Trouble in Little China although that's a slightly different format isn't it Josh? That's right yes we did it five minutes at a time instead of one minute at a time yeah because we're rebels check that out at Five minutes of trouble.com. And if you like Buckaroo Bonsai, we did one of those at five minutes of bonsai.com. Yeah. And also, I'd like to mention we got it. We have a new project that's, that's coming yes. up for 2020, a new hopefully. Project. We, we've been discussing this for a little while. Uh, we, we still have to kind of work out some of the kinks, but I think that we may try doing a new type of show. It's not going to be a, a movie related one, and it's not going to be a minute by minute thing. But it is going to be alphabetical, sort of like some of the other ones that were, were done uh, out there. Uh, but I've always had a soft spot for video games, uh, specifically Atari games. Uh, I used to have an Atari 2600 growing up and many, many hours of gameplay and going to people's houses and exchanging carts and just talking about games and thought it might be fun to see if I could take Brett along for this ride <laughs> and we would discuss... Uh, Atari games. Now, not just discuss them, but also sort of bring it to the 21st century because my daughter, Ilana, wants to be on a podcast and she was asking how she could be involved. And I thought it might be interesting to talk about these old Atari games, but get my daughter to also come on and give a 21st century uh, thought on some of these old games. And uh, the title that we're thinking about this one, it would be A is for Atari. And we would discuss uh, the Atari Sears uh, type carts, uh, not Activision and stuff, but we, we'd go through them alphabetically. Uh, what, what was the first one that, that you were starting to play around with? Do you remember? I, I was, I've been messing with 3D Tic-Tac-Toe. Yes, 3D Tic-Tac-Toe. So we would go from three to, I don't know if there's a, 
don't think there is a Z game, but I think there's a Y because there is Yars Revenge. Uh, so if if any of you guys are interested in hearing about uh, you know classic video games and might even try to see if we could get some of the different programmers that worked on these games uh, way back when, then you'll want to check out A is for Atari.com and we're, we're thinking we might try to see if we can do this I don't know bi-weekly or something sometime in the early next year. Yeah, coming soon to a podcast soon. near you. So grab your joysticks and paddle controllers and head on over there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Meanwhile, we should we should find a seat and maybe make a reservation in the dining car. It's going to be a long trip. Yes. Yeah, you hungry for trout? I'm always hungry for trout, unless it's, there well, trouty, but uh, trouty. that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> so as uh, we're about to pull out of... Uh, Uh, Grand Central Terminal. Thanks for joining us. And uh, please join us here next time on the Hitchcock News. All aboard. Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.